Hey, it's Kelly. We're taking a short break to record new episodes of Let's Go Together. But in the meantime, check out this episode of Out Travel the System presented by Expedia. When Men Chow and Vu Chu decided to get out of the office and hit the road with their then four-year-old son Harvey, they did it in a big way. They mapped out a plan to visit 51 U.S. national parks over the course of eight months, putting in 32,000 miles on the tires. Along the way, they created amazing memories, soaked in with the beauty of nature and reconnecting as a family. The Chews generously shared their tips for a successful family road tripping and their own story. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We're at Fletcher Firewood National Park. Yeah. And we're trying to look for dinosaurs in this forest. That is the voice of four-year-old Harvey Chu. I'm here with his parents today who recently left their home, family, jobs behind to travel on an epic eight-month road trip to visit the 51 National Parks. My first question for you both is, did you end up finding any dinosaurs in the forest? We did not find any dinosaurs in the forest. We did go and search for them. Today on the show, we'll find out how you guys embarked on your epic journey, what you saw, what you did, and what tips you have for anyone else who's planning their own eight-month, eight-day, or even eight-hour journey throughout America's national parks. I'm Nisreen Atassi, and this is Out Travel the System. Today, we're heading out on the open road. In the driver's seat, I've got Harvey's parents, Min Cho Win and Vu Chu. Welcome to Out Travel the System. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Min Cho, you actually work at Expedia, and I stumbled upon your story because before you actually went on your trip, you sent this email out. And you said, hey, my husband and I and our son are heading out on this epic journey. You can follow along. And then here we are, basically a year later, you've come back to Expedia. And you sent the same email saying, hey, I'm back. Come follow us and see everything that we did. So how does it feel to be back? Being back at Expedia has been amazing, actually, because I was there for seven and a half years. And being in the same company for a long time, you kind of need a sabbatical. And so coming back... I'm rejuvenated. I feel refreshed. I feel like I can do anything. I feel like I'm a better employee. I'm a better coworker and I have a better outlook in life. And being back has been really, really positive for, for me personally. I understand that you hit more than 120 destinations, including 51 national parks. Take me back to the first park that comes to mind from that very, very first stop. For me, the one that stood out the most, that made, uh, that put chills on my back and is uh, Big Bend National Park. When we were driving to St. Elena Clara, the canyon is just ginormous and we're driving in a little car and we're looking up and it felt like out of body experience to see it from like above. You're looking down and we're so tiny and everything was so grand. And then going there and going through the canyon with my son and my husband was just like, wow, this is what life is meant to be. So to me, that was an amazing experience to have nature impact you in that way that I've never had in my life. 
Vu, what was Harvey's reaction at the first destination? Yeah, so we stop at Mount Rainier for our first stop. It was beautiful. It was the end of the fall season, so the plants, the trees have turned color, so you got a lot of red, orange, and yellow. It was just so vibrant up at Paradise Visitor Center. And so Harvey had a blast just observing and enjoying the snow cover Mount Rainier. Yeah, that was a great way to start on our trip. However, it rained that night. It was the biggest rain that we, I think we experienced on the whole trip and it happened on the first national park. So. Oh, of course. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys saw some really extraordinary things. I mean, just the way that you've described the grandioseness of the canyons and the different colors and the waters. If we talk about just overall extraordinary destinations. I know you guys visited the wave in Coyote Boot North. I understand it's really difficult to get into that site and extremely beautiful to see. Tell me a little bit about that place and what that was like. Oh my God. It was definitely a really wonderful experience for us. Kind of to give some some background. Initially, we weren't sure if we could do it. We did some research and, uh, you know, there's people that said, oh, don't bring your kids. But then, you know, we... We thought about it for a while and then we figured that, okay, let's just drive two and a half hours, put in our lottery ticket, and if we get it, then it's meant to be. So, oh, so it's a lottery system to get into yes, the site. Yes, yeah, so it's a lottery system. And I think um, that day we had about 200 people and there's usually 10 people got get selected via online lottery and then 10 people on site. Wow, that is not a lot of people. Yeah, so a total of 20 people per day can go and hike and experience uh, the wave. I'm guessing that's why people suggested you not bring your children. Well, the hike is uh, about eight miles round trip. Oh, okay. So that's and um, <laughs> yeah, and um, and where's that? It can get really hot in the summer. Okay. There isn't a lot of uh, facilities for the hike, so when you get in there, if you have a little one, you definitely have to be very prepared. And I think Min Cho would be um, really good at sharing some of the tips that we've learned about hiking the wave. The wave is actually only six miles, but then you do a lot more walking around, which then total ups to about eight some miles. And our tip for that is you have to have a, a baby carrier or a toddler carrier, and we brought one of those. So it is a not as strenuous of a hike as people think it is. And so uh, with our child, he loves to hike up and down little mounds. And that hike is mostly of those things. So he was having a ball just hiking that. And after he gets tired, then we put him on the carrier. So he hiked maybe about half the time and the other mm-hmm. time we would carry him. So definitely make sure you have a carrier if you're bringing in a child. Obviously, planning is a really important piece. What percentage of your trip ended up being unplanned versus the planned destinations? We basically kept with the plan that we had, which all those destinations. And then we end up doing a lot more because there's so much to see in America. And so we end up taking a trip to the Virgin Islands National Park which wasn't on the trip because it was more expensive. But then if you're in Florida already, then it's not too expensive to fly over. And then we did the White Sand Dunes, which is an extra hour detour, but we're like, hey, what's one extra hour? So we end up doing those things. And we hit a lot of other smaller um, points of interest because we're already traveling. And after you travel so many miles, what's another hour or two, right? So... We end up driving like two hours one way to see the Space Observatory in Texas. And my husband's like, oh, it's only two hours one way. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> so like we went and my son had such an amazing time looking at all the stars through the huge telescopes that 
we have never experienced any of us. So to us, those types of detours are invaluable. Yeah. So you guys primarily got around through driving, it sounds like. Yes. yes. You drove, Did you drive the entire way? My husband. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we probably log about 32,000 miles. I didn't track the miles in Hawaii, but um, we initially, our map initially came out to be about 20,000, a little bit more um I've had miles. my car for two years, and I think I've only driven like 12,000 miles. So like that, <laughs> 32,000 miles is like more than I can even fathom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? We we had a plan. We had a strategy in place when we were doing this trip that we do recommend to people that are looking to do a trip is would advise not to drive at night. We kept our driving between different destinations to an average of between three to five hours. And that's because we have a little one. Definitely to factor in transportation between the different locations when you're trying to experience the location. The setup time, the cleanup, and the pack your stuff to go to another location takes time. So definitely consider that when you're mapping out or planning for your trip. You had like a trailer RV and then you also stayed in some hotels. Is that right? Yes. So how did you decide when to camp, whether to stay in your trailer or to get a hotel? Like, what was your deciding factors between all of your different sort of lodging? So we already planned that ahead of time. We have a huge Excel spreadsheet that indicates uh, when we should stay at a campsite versus in the city or RV site. And so we end up doing about 70% um, campsites um, and 30% in hotels. We knew for a fact that if we were going to New York City, we're going to want to stay in Manhattan. And there's nowhere we're going to park that trailer, right? Yeah. So we had to plan that out. So those big cities, we ended up finding a hotel that we could park the car and the trailer at and then take the, the train or the bus in. So you mentioned you had this giant Excel spreadsheet. Can they find that on your website? Uh, we haven't posted yet, yeah. but we will. Yeah. Okay, it, good. It's a really massive Excel spreadsheet and it's kind of dynamic. Like if you wanted to um, change your agenda, it just auto updates to dates. your the new dates that you want. And mm-hmm. it's it's a definitely a smarter Excel spreadsheet to help you plan. So I yeah. definitely will have that on my blog. Of all of the destinations that you guys went to, did Harvey have a favorite destination? He loves the Everglades. He also really loved the Virgin Island National Park because of all the fish that he was able to see right off the shore. Well, he's got exotic taste, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he loves Caribbean <laughs> lobsters now. Don't we all? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're delicious. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm biased now with between that and the, uh, the, the Boston or the Maine lobster. Yeah. We've never seen him so happy seeing fish before. He was just ecstatic, just standing at the shore and seeing, he goes, there's a school of fish. And he keeps saying it over and over and over again, school of fish, you know. And we've been to Hawaii before, but we've never been able to stand by the shore and see hundreds of fish swimming by his feet. And we have a YouTube video on that, and it's just amazing to see. So what do you think, Foop? Would you would you say that those were his favorite ones as well, or did you get a different perspective? You know what? Uh, Mincho hits a lot of, I think, the, the perfect park that he just keep on, you know, saying that he really enjoy. I think it's underrated. Well, partly because it's really remote. Even myself, I that's on my top, you know, top three, top five parks that I'd, I'd love to go back and, and relax. And at the same time, be adventurous. This park, so it's on St. John Island, is two-thirds of the island. And the park is protected by the National Park Service. So 
Your beaches are pristine. Your coral are amazing. The fishes, the turtles, the um, stingrays, we saw all of those. If you wanted to swim with turtles, you know, if you go to Maho Bay, you're guaranteed to swim with, uh, you know, turtles. And, you know, we're at Trunk Bay. Gosh, the sand was just so fine that you step on it and you feel like you, you want to take a nap. It was just great. And, and Harvey had a chance to play in it. And it was just, we thought it was the best vacation on top of being able to kind of explore a unique park that not a lot of people get a chance to see. When we were kind of mapping out this trip and did some research, Min Cho found a website by Dr. Randy Olson. So he's a data scientist and he has some algorithm that map out the most efficient way to, you know, either see or drive through all the 49 states or the most efficient way to see certain major cities in the states. So we kind of took his suggestion on routes. And then, of course, Min Cho, you know, researched and found the list of all the parks that we could hit. And so we combined kind of those two. How long did it take you guys to actually plan this eight-month trip? Yeah, Min Cho took just two months. So oh it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> we came back from Japan last year, and that was when we made the decision, hey, let's, let's do this because our son is going to be in kindergarten this fall. Times just flew by so quickly, and so we wanted to capture and enjoy our time together and experience nature with each other. And we made that decision, I think, in July. About two months later, we were 80 90% done with the plan. So that was kind of about September, and then we left October 1st. So what were some of your tips then that you would offer other parents out there who might be thinking of doing a long road trip or a small road trip, um, and they've got little kids. Is there anything that you guys learned that you think would be good for other parents to know? I think the the big part is uh, the parents. It's usually not the child. It's the parents that has to put the right mindset into traveling and saying, this, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. You have to mentally prepare for the meltdowns. You have to mentally prepare <laughs> for when things don't go your way yeah. because you have an unpredictable time bomb, right? So we did a lot of things to prevent those type of meltdowns. Like in the car, we have a huge Tupperware of all his toys. And then we built this cushion that he can rest his feet so he can have an enjoyable ride. So he's comfortable. We have a really comfortable car seat for him. Um, we also have all these other activities that he likes to do in the car. And we have a huge snack bag of all his favorite snacks. And my son loves to eat. And, yeah, I mean, and- that keeps me entertained on a long road trip, our right. snacks. So, like, I feel like Harvey and I are very similar. Yes, <laughs> you can be his friend. Yeah. So we did a lot of those things that help him stay entertained. And then when all things fail, then we give him the iPad. And yeah. we're not really big on giving kids electronics because we're outdoors people, but... When you're on a really long road trip and you're on there for three or four hours at a time, you would need to do something that would keep him entertained. The other tip that we have for traveling with kids is you have to prepare them as well. And they're not just a child in the car. They are a partner of travel, which means that you have to tell them what's up. You have to tell them when we're doing certain things. We have to tell them the agenda and then give them options. Like we always ask them, hey, Harvey, this is where we're going. Today, we can go to the beach, go to the forest, or go to the lake. What would you prefer? So give him options. Really because, involve him. Yeah, yeah involve in him tr- in, in the trip. In the decision-making, because even though he's four at that time and he's five after the trip, but he's still a passenger, a traveler with you. And so he has opinions. 
I'm sure people, though, come and ask you questions because not everybody can embark on something like that, right? That's like a massive undertaking. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who might be just looking at an eight-day trip or even Mm -hmm. an eight-hour trip. Would you still sort of give people the same suggestions and have them put the same level of research into things? I think it actually applies to a long trip as well as a short trip, because even for a long trip, you can book in advance, right? Which is great, but you can also book at last moment. And for us, we didn't really book in advance. We booked everything kind of last moment and it still worked out. I think that's the thing about a lot of people being afraid. And we were those people. We were like, oh, we have to book things like three months in advance and make sure we get a hotel, make sure we get a Mm -hmm. campsite. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do any of those things. We, you know, just went with the flow and and booked it uh, two weeks in advance or even a month in advance. So um, it's all attainable if you want to travel somewhere. What spurred you guys to want to take this eight-month trip? You wrote something that said it was clear that family was the most important thing in life, and that was part of the impetus. So what was the moment that really triggered this? A lot of people ask us this question, like, because it is a really big move for our family or for anybody, right? And for us, it was, um, and I wrote on my website with regards to this as well, is that we were trying to have a kid for a long time, you know, for Harvey. And we spent years trying to have it. And then after we had our second miscarriage, it devastated us. And we were really sad and depressed. And and then we said, you know, we need to focus on something else. We need to focus on the child that we do have and the family that we have here. And so we decided that we needed to make this, do something that we love and then focus on their family. And what we love most is being in nature and love what we love most is travel. And so it just kind of organically grew that we were doing the parks. And and I don't remember who decided to do it, but somehow we ended up doing it. And now I, I can't remember how we came about it, but we just like, we just got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was me. I, I was uh, yeah. just Googling around and I, I saw Dr. Randy Olson's website. I'm like, I love road trips. I like to drive. So, oh, okay. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I shared with her and long short, I think now that I remember, yeah, it was just one of the weekdays uh, after coming back from home. I was like, oh, wow. And then the, the other uh, factor was, you know, if we don't do this now, you know, and we try to just do this a little bit at a time, then it's going to take years and, um, and we'll find other excuses not to do it. And so kind of as we were building the schedule, it just, it became clear that, Hey, we probably need to quit our jobs. But this whole point of sort of reconnecting with nature and reconnecting with your family, do you feel like you can still achieve that with a weekend trip? Or did you feel like you needed to have this big eight-month excursion? Or for people out there who are looking to have the same, um, that same sort of experience, do you feel like they can achieve that even if they did just go for a couple of days? I think a couple of days might be a little short, but I think that you do what's right for you and what's right for your family. And for us, three months would have been great, but eight is definitely better. I think that a long trip really helps, heals the soul for anything that you have. And for us, the travel saved us, saved us from a lot of sadness that we were experiencing. And after this trip, we 
we haven't thought much about it. And now we feel like we're a better person as a mom, as an employee, as a wife, I think, from from this whole trip. And we've mm-hmm. learned so much about each other. And when you're traveling 24-7, you can't just like hide, you know. So I think that a long trip is definitely something that's better for us. It doesn't mean that is it could be applicable to everybody else. But sometimes even a getaway weekend is perfect for, for whatever you're experiencing. To me, the, the tip is just get out and, and do something and travel and and explore and learn. To me, that's most important. The way, at least some of the things we try to bring back from the trip is, you know, last week we did a hike at Franklin Falls. And then this week we kind of been debating whether to go to Mount Rainier, do a long, good hike, or go to Olympic National Park. Pacific Northwest has a lot to offer. Sometimes it's just driving two to three hours can really give you an experience that, uh, you know, if you're looking for, try to connect with nature or just disconnect from electronics. Uh, the reason why I like the National Park is when you go there, we're forced to be disconnected from our electronics. And that forces us to kind of communicate and spend more time with each other. Well, thank you to you both for coming on the show and for sharing your journey and for taking us along, you know, your National Park road trip. Min Chotwin, Vuchu, and their four-year-old son, Harvey, recently spent eight months visiting 51 national parks across the United States. And you can see all of the exciting sort of videos and photos from their trip. Min Cho, can you tell us the link to your website? Travelingchoose.com. Free tips. We don't ask for anything. So yeah, come check it out. Have a lot of great tips. And we'll have links in some videos as well. So you can come and find us at Expedia on social media. Learn all about the choose there. And if you can't make it to a national park, you can certainly go and and visit the traveling choose and live vicariously through them to see and experience some of their adventures. So thanks for listening to Out Travel the System brought to you by Expedia. We would love to hear your travel adventures. So if you've got any tips, have been to a national park or other stories that you'd like to share, travel hacks or tips, feel free to email us at podcast at Expedia.com or you can come and find us on social media. And don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to the show for more insider secrets and tips to help you out travel the system. I'm Nisreen Atassi and happy travels. Thanks, everyone.